Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Do you have your alarm set to this or like the ringtone on your phone? Is it this? I'd never hear it. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, ladies and germs, it's Nick and Liz again. I'm Liz. This is Liz. Yes. They'll know the difference. You're the one that sings. And I have been listening to Megan, my doppelganger, again this week. And this week, she isn't standing in her knowing, but she's sitting in her authenticity. So I'm sitting in my authenticity. Oh, it's good to know you're getting a rest. And I was listening to her, to her podcast, and apparently it's lower down in the charts now, a podcast, than a nursery rhyme podcast to put babies to sleep. No. Yes. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And I was thinking she must be spitting tax because Kate, the new Princess of Wales, has been in all her glory for a South African stately visit, wearing a sash, wearing a tiara. She's proper coming to her own, isn't she, Kate? I mean, she's she's stepped into that role with full force. And wouldn't Meghan rather be on the world stage greeting... South African dignitaries. Oh, yeah. And I think the only person Megan's been greeting this this week is the man who comes to keen the pool with a net. It hasn't worked out so well for her, really, has it? But anyway, she had a fantastic guest on the podcast. Why do we never have any guests apart from Minnie doing a poo? I'm not sure they cope with us, to be honest. Anyway, she had Candice Bushnell, who wrote Sex in the City, and... Candice made an amazing revelation considering the six seasons of Sex and the City, American Girl in Paris 1, American Girl in Paris 2, the films, the reboot where Mr Big dies on a bicycle. Spoiler alert. And Candice Bushnell says to Megan, I did not make a ton of money from Sex and the City. She didn't make any money from it. Now, the obvious question then well, did you not make any money of it? What happened? Who's your agent? What happened? Did you just sell the book and you didn't sell? What? How did you not make any money from it? And all, do you know what Megan says? Go on. How did that make you feel? Pissed off, Bloody cross, I imagine. But you wanted the, 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 the nitty gritty. Why? Why? That is Come on, successful. women. Yeah, yeah. Why did you not get a good enough deal? If a man had written Sex and the City, he'd be a billionaire. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we have big news this week. We do. We've got very big news. Very exciting, actually. Now, a year ago, just before Christmas, you may or may not remember, I wrote a column in New Magazine about Jenny. Jenny is a poet... 
and she lives in Wales and she is unable to move her head. She can't even watch a screen above her. If she moves her head, she'll die. She can blink. It's horrendous, isn't it? You talked about Jenny before. And she's got an amazing mother called Anne and they've had a very difficult week. But the good news is on December the 1st next week, live from midnight the night before, so live from Wednesday night, there's going to be an auction of art on postcards, original paintings, and everyone can bid online. And all the money goes to getting Jenny surgery, which is what we tried to do last year. So they're sending Jenny, aren't they? They want to send Jenny to New York, don't they, for this surgery you can't yeah, get in the UK. you can't get it in the UK. You'd probably be on a waiting list for 10 years. Every piece of art, once you've bought it, so you, you go to Jenny's website. We're going to give you the website on my website, Twitter, and on the Daily Mail website. You Then you'll be directed to eBay and you bid for it, and then a week later you know if you've won it. And if you win it, it's posted to your house... And then you can look at the back and see who the artist was. It's all signed, numbered, and authenticated. And it could be da, da, da. by a very famous artist or a very famous celebrity. So you don't know who you're getting. You're just bidding for the picture. You're bidding for the original piece of authenticated art. Every single penny goes to Jenny's surgery. And when you get the art in the post, you will discover who the artist is. But there's some really exciting people, aren't there? There is Tracy Emin. I mean, how incredible is that? You could own a one-off original painting signed, authenticated by Tracy Emin. There's lots of other stars, lots of other celebrities, illustrators of children's books, The Horrible History. Jonathan Ross. Jonathan Ross. Um, so it's really, really, really worth doing. And we're going we're gonna to update you on how much money was raised in that. But if you can... If you could go to that and you could buy someone a Christmas present, not some rubbish, not chocolates or anything, an original piece of art, knowing the money goes to Jenny. And it is a sort of once-in-a-lifetime thing, isn't it? How how many of us would ever get the chance to buy something by Tracy Enim or, you know, in any of these celebrities, really? But it's funny. I it's obviously incredible. I obviously know... Anne, who's Jenny's mum, yeah. and I said, oh, I'll help you, I'll help you. So I approached people if they could do a work of art. And Tracy Emin, I just asked, emailed, I asked her, yes. No hesitation. Oh, well, you know, I'm flying to New York, I'm really busy. Yes, did it, put it in the thing, delivered, they've got it. That's fantastic. No, she there, is so generous. So she generous. really is. Because there was a couple of people that you asked, when they, and we won't name names. No. But there was a couple of people you asked, that, oh, no, can't do it. And you think everybody would want to help. No, one of them said, I've got the decorators in. Horrendous. Horrendous. And, you know, this is such a worthy cause. Jenny has really so little quality of life doesn't she? she can't even watch tv she can't she can't do anything she daren't move she can't be washed and one thing that really upset me when i was reading on jenny's website is they can't even wash her because to move her is so detrimental and so dangerous for her so you know this is like really important and she's such a lovely lovely one young woman and she's so talented 
Um, and this would just be a great Christmas present. You could have it posted to the person who's getting the gift. They could open it on Christmas Day and they've got an incredibly amazing work of art. I love the fact that you don't know who you're bidding for, though. So you get it. You're just bidding on the fact that you like the postcard. Yeah. You, just, you like the piece of art. And I love art on a postcard because it's a, it makes it more affordable. It's smaller. It's unique. You know, but please, please, please have a look at Jenny's website and see if there's anything that takes your fancy. So, Nick, what have you been up to this week, apart from eating? <laughs> eating? <laughs> well, I've been getting into All you're getting spirit. is a tin of shortbread. There's nothing wrong with shortbread. I'm very happy with shortbread. A cup of tea and a tin of shortbread, that'll do me nicely. Now, I've been getting into the Christmas spirit. Trees up. Tree I love my tree. That's yeah, love my tree. Did your mum do it or did you? No, mum has to do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I haven't got the patience for it. I and certainly I would never in a million years take the tree down. If the once the tree was up, if I put it up myself I feel if, a bit sorry for your mum really. No, she likes it. She's very artistic. No, if it's up, I'm never ever gonna take it down. Unwinding the lights is never gonna be something that I'm gonna do. It's just not possible. <laughs> So it started me thinking it's coming up to Christmas and all the nice things, you know, all the treats that are in the shops. And I was thinking, what about some guilty pleasures? So we've done Nick's Niggles and I thought we'd do guilty pleasures this week. So I've made a little list. Your whole life is a guilty pleasure. <laughs> it's not as guilty pleasure as I'd like it to be, trust me. In fact, when I was thinking about my guilty pleasures, I had a look. I googled guilty pleasures to see what come up. Oh, my God. They're not guilty, they're bloody illegal. I mean, what some people call a guilty pleasure, good grief. I thought it was just like nibbling on a walnut whip. Well, I thought, you know what, exactly. I mean, mine sort of don't come up to, to what's on the Cora Digest. I'm telling you that now. I've never heard of some of these things um, and I'm not repeating them. But my guilty pleasures, would you like my run through? Go on then. So my first guilty pleasure is the minute it hits winter, my coffee becomes alcohol drenched. Marks and Spencers do a vegan Irish cream and they only do it at Christmas. So rule one is to rush to Marks and Spencers and get enough for the whole winter so that every night when I walk through that door, I've got a cup of coffee with a very, very hefty shot of Irish cream. I hate Irish cream. Oh, it lifts it lifts the coffee up into another dimension. And funny enough, I only normally have one cup of coffee, but I've started having quite a few through the evening. It's lovely. No wonder she never comes during the day. Love, love a bit of Irish cream. Number two. She still hasn't done my letters. Me, me and the dogs have matching fair old jumpers for the winter. <laughs> so me and the dogs, we've all got our matching Christmas jumpers. <laughs> I know that's something I shouldn't admit in public. I buried Hilda in a snowflake jumper. Hilda's snowflake. And she had a little reindeer outfit as well, didn't she, yeah. for Christmas? Lovely little reindeer outfit. Number three is all this business of like people having two biscuits. No, absolutely not. If I very, very rarely buy a packet of biscuits, I keep making tea until the biscuits have run out. If I've drunk my tea and I've still got biscuits left, I just make another cup of tea. How so is that synonymous with you being on a diet for the whole of your life? Well, it's life. not, which is why I very, 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 very rarely buy a packet of biscuits. But you just keep making tea so you can carry on dunking. I think hot drinks are laziness. God, not when they've got vegan. <laughs> Irish cream in there, not. <laughs> Number four is I hide the vegan bacon in the salad drawer because I know Martin will never find it. Because if he finds it, he'll eat the whole packet. 
So putting it in the salad drawer, it's completely safe. He doesn't. I do don't like healthy. eating anything that pretends to be meat. I think it just makes me gag. A no. lot of things make me gag, actually. That's too much information. Next one is I've got a thing that when I'm skin and I, you know, like you want to have a little pick me up of getting nice things and like to cheer you up. So when I'm skin, if I go shopping, I'll go around the shop and I'll just pick up everything I want. So I'll go around that jumper, that pair of trousers, those shoes. I'll pick up everything I want. How do you have time to do this? I don't do it very often. These things are not things I do very often, which is why they're guilty pleasures, because they're not something I do very often. I have very little pleasure. And so I walk around this shop with this big bundle of stuff that I'm I, I'm thinking I'm going to buy this. And then at the end, like my mum's following me around going, put that back, you can't afford all that. Then at the very end... I'm like, okay, do I want this? No, I don't want that. No, no. I go through this process and I end up putting everything back. But just for that short while, I felt that I can just take whatever I want and buy it. And, and if I want it, I can have it. It just makes me happy. It's just completely stupid. No, it's not. It makes me happy. It just makes me feel that if I wanted to, I could have it. But then I choose to put it back because I've obviously got to pay the vet's bill. But it's just given me that idea that if I wanted it, I could have it. Number six. Oh, God. There's more. There's there's only two more. It's all right. Number six is dipping chips in butter, and that's Tina's fault. When she suggested that, I thought she was absolutely Dipping chips in what? Butter. Vegan butter. Yeah, vegan butter. Literally. Well, can I just tell everyone what Nicola did last week during this podcast? I'd ordered her a vegan pizza with potato wedges. (laughs) I didn't eat my pizza. I gave it to her and she gave it to her mum. I find looking at people eating a bit revolting, actually. But Nicola... Probably especially me. <laughs> she got a piece of vegan pizza and she wrapped the chips with the pizza. So yeah. she had like a chip sandwich in a pizza. Yeah, oh my God, that's magnificent. I've never seen anyone do that before. Well, apparently, Martin educated me in this. Apparently, in Yorkshire, there's something called London pizza, which is pizza with, with chips on. And I thought he was joking. because No I one in London would no. do that. No, I did point out, being from London, I could categorically tell him that is not something that we do in London. But actually, when I tried it, it's bloody magnificent. So try it. Just try it and dip your chips in butter. It is magnificent. That's Tina's fault. It's magnificent. And my last one... Oh, God. Well, <laughs> my last one is... When Martin sort of says, like, oh, do you mind if I go and see my mum and my mates? Because he obviously wants to go out, like, on the piss or something. And I'm, like, all sweet and understanding and go, no, 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 you go. You go. That's fine. No problem. Literally, before he's even out the door, I'm, like, the house is going to stay tidy. It's going to stay clean. I've got my remote control. Like the bathroom in the morning won't be like a tidal waves here. I'm literally pushing him out the door, being all sorts of sweetness and like going, no, no, you go and see your mum. Look after your poor old dear mum who's actually two years younger than me. And I'm going, go see your mum. His mother is two years younger than you. She is, yeah. She is. She is, yeah. I was a bit of a shock to her, I have to say. Um, And then in the night, starfishing in the bed. Just laying in the middle of the bed. With... What about the cat? No, well, see, when Martin's there, what happens is I have this very claustrophobic situation. I have the cat on my left hand side, and I'm so worried about her falling off the edge that I go yeah, right to the middle though. of the bed. No, 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 no. She's my princess. 
She's not, she's, no, 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 she's my princess. So I go back into the middle of the bed. So she has the whole of my side of the bed, really. So then Martin, I'm then wearing Martin like a rucksack because he's trying not to fall off. <laughs> you should have seen Lizzie's face at that. She's trying not to fall off for the other side of the bed because I'm giving the cat all the room. So he's the, it's a bit of a Mike Tyndall. He's a bit of a cuddler. Do you know what I mean? Oh, how revolting. Yeah. So I am then trapped between a cat and this great big six foot two bloke and I can't move. So when he's not there, it's literally like paradise. It's it's fantastic. I love it. And actually, I was reading an article in The Independent by Victoria Richards and she was talking about couples sleeping apart. And seriously, I'm starting to think this is a really good idea. Well, the woman in The Times said... That if you don't want to sleep apart, just get two duvets. Because then at least you've got the duvet to yourself. No, because you've still got... You're still wearing them like a rucksack if they're a cuddler. You've got the snoring. You've got the earphones. He goes to sleep with his earphones in. So I've got music, like, pelting out past his ear. Because as it's so loud that I can still hear it. even though, And I've been tempted to push it into his ears. You know, so it damages his eardrum. So this was a really good idea, I thought, sleeping apart. Because when I was young, I thought it was all romantic. You know, you, you, you become a couple and you go to bed together at night and it's all lovely and sweet and you wake up together in the morning. And now I just want to put a pillar over their head. doesn't matter who it is, I just want to put a pillar over their it head. It reminds me of when I was last in bed with the man. It was um, I was in Soho House and I was asleep and because I travel so much and stuff for work, I never know where I am when I'm... I never know where I am. No. I think, well, am I at home? Where am I? I'm like, why is that window over there? So I sort of woke up in the middle of the night and I thought I was at home. So I just stroked what was next to me, thinking it was Gracie, <laughs> the collie who always <laughs> sleeps on her nappy next to me on the ride. Yeah, she must have her nappy. But it was the, a man and I was stroking his arm and he suddenly thought he'd luck a child. I said, no, 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 I thought you were Gracie. Get off, get off. No, so I think the way forward is separate bedrooms. Continents. I like that. Do you want to hear about this week's column? I do. Let's hear about it. I can't remember what I wrote now. Well, it'll be a nice surprise for you as well then, won't it? (laughs) Oh, this is also slightly a little bit about Christmas. So my friend emails me to say she's sick of watching happy, rosy-cheeked families in scarves and mittens walking past her house. And she lives on the coast to coast, so there's always people walking past with ski poles. Well, she actually well, lives on the same road as me, doesn't she? Yeah, but we're not talking about you now. No, but she lives on the same road as me, though. And she needs to get away for Christmas. So, OK, I say. Like me, she's single and child-free. So I email, I email her details of a lovely house on the coast of Exmoor, but it only allows one small dog and he's booked up anyway. I thought there was a recession. I then emailed a gorgeous Georgian pile in Scotland that has, to, that has a writer's studio and an artist's studio and it takes dogs. What's a pile? What's a Georgian pile? It's a big house, isn't it? A pile. So that's a normal word, I've pile. I've never heard of that. Oh, it's like doing a podcast with a hamster. (laughs) Anyway, this house in Scotland allows dogs and the studio has a fire pit and Aesop toiletries. I'm such a cliche, aren't I? You're in there then, ain't you? That's it, you've booked. 
and it's only 50 yards from the restaurant, which is perfect, is I don't want to cook on Christmas Day. I mean, who does? How, are you insane? I'm no. not Nigella Lawson. No, I smile sweetly at Mother and say, can I help? And then hope she says no. I emailed this lovely hotel in Scotland. I describe me and my friend, our foibles, the collies. I say my friend will still not eat indoors, hence the joy at reading they've got a fire pit, that Teddy likes to play dead. He just lies down. You can't move him, can you? He He just He'll just lie down somewhere and you can't move him. He just pretends he's dead. He does. And that Gracie has fits and needs nappies. You think you might have... Just been better not being quite so open and honest. Well, I wanted to warn them. Then I also said I'm a writer. And they never replied. I wonder why. I, think, I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't reply. I think they're pretending they're closed. They've switched off all the lights and put the blinds down. They're like, God, we're not having those two with those dogs. No, no, uh, no. Yeah, uh, pretty much, yeah. That'd be a no. I then tried the boathouse. It's on a bend of the dart in, on Dartmoor. And it has a promise on the website of watching otters from the balcony. It's fully booked. Anyway, I tell my friend all of this. And she suggests an eco-lodge near Whitby. Oh, I love Whitby. That's nice. That sounds good. So I replied to her, I only do high-end. I don't see the point of staying somewhere worse than where you live. I don't think it is high-end, she said. It's fully booked anyway. There are too many people in this world. Did you read the news story that there's two, there's like billions more people in the world than when I was born? What is going on? There's too many children. Someone should pay me for not having children. That's what I think. I don't understand why people do it more than once because it must hurt. Forever. No, but it really Yeah, must but you've hurt. got to keep feeding them and putting cardigans on them. No. Putting card—that's your definition of motherhood. Putting cardigans on them. <laughs> I don't even know where I'll be living at Christmas, but I suppose booking an imaginary mini break is a displacement activity, an illusion of normality of how my life used to be. The good news is that I've offered on a house and been accepted. Yay! Yay. Bad news, my interest rate has doubled since the summer. Boom. 9.5%. 9.5%. 9.5%, Liz Truss. Bloody robbery. It's cheap and it's walking distance from the horses and Georgian with a large patio garden, a vegetable patch, and it's collie proof. It needs doing up, of course. New kitchen, new bathrooms, new flooring... And I try not to count the number of properties I've done up and had to abandon. I took Nick with me for the viewing. This, uh, yeah, um, uh, uh, i right. The dog's mother. And afterwards we went for coffee at a new place on the square that hasn't yet t- turned into a care home. Young people can't afford to live within 10 miles of here. I know you spent over 50 grand doing the cottage you rent up, Liz. But I think you have to cut your losses, she said. It's too unsettling. The viewings, not knowing if you will have to move or when. That house is lovely. Very lovely. And I kind of think I need to take back control of my own life. I spent too many years cowering. I should be able to live without being dictated to, scared, disrespected. I sent the link to the Christmas mini-break friend... (laughs) 
I tell her, despite the the house is full of stuff, once it's cleared, it will look a lot better and it needs gutting. I love it just the way it is, she says. Oh, she's so sweet. I then heard from my friend Andrew, who lives in Belfast, and she's much more like me. I sent her the link. The bathroom is dreadful, she says. How have they put a mosaic of waves on the side of the bath? Needs doing up from scratch. But I can see it with lovely wallpaper, farrow and ball, luxe fabrics, mid-century furniture from the interior. And it has a larder. I do think a larder is a middle-aged woman's walk-in wardrobe. I then start thinking I'm going to have to buy some tins. We got quite excited by the larder. And the larder had a skylight as well, didn't it? Did it? Yeah, it did. What, in the larder? Yeah, in the larder. That was quite exciting. I had to go through the whole mortgage test again. It's called a stress test. I said, yeah, I am very stressed, if that's what that means. My original five-year deal has expired since it's over six months since I started searching. I keep refreshing emails over and over again, hoping for an answer. I always seem to be at the beck and call of others at their mercy. But I have a good feeling about this house. It's grand but cosy. The dogs will love it, have more space. All I really want is some peace and quiet. The first thing we look at, don't we, is it collie-proof? Yeah. That's the first thing. That's quite exciting then, isn't it? Do you want it? to hear a couple of my moans? Yeah, go on. Let's, let's hear Lizzie's... Child safety locks. Child safety locks. I don't have children. No, I, I don't either. need warning about storing my laundry tabs or making it difficult for me to open them. No, I just break them off of the laundry things because I can't stand it. Environmental activists, you know, like the people holding up the M25, they always say, I'm doing this for our children and our grandchildren. I, you've stolen my... Th- what about that What young woman crying, that young 20-something Cambridge student crying above the... You've taken my future... To- what all they sake. think about is themselves. You should be fighting for the environment, for the animals and for nature, not for your wretched grandchildren or for yourself. Yeah. We don't matter. You know, who wants to live on a planet without hedgehogs? The first thing we need to do is repair what we've destroyed. Give but do you see my point? Absolutely. Animals aren't there as some sort of diversion for your grandchild, are they? No, no, absolutely not. Oh, my grandchildren won't get to see a tiger in the wild. Sod your grandchild. What about the poor tiger? Yep, yep. (sighs) My dry cleaner. (gasps) Oh, no, you're going there. I've been barred. You're going going there. I've I've been barred. I'm never going to be able to have anything dry cleaned ever again. Yeah. (laughs) I have used the local dry cleaners for years and years. They know all the names of my dogs, my my name, how's Gracie? Oh, dear, is that Gracie? So I'd taken two big rugs to be cleaned because poor Gracie, this is yes. why we can't get a hotel. Yes, Gracie with her nappies. The cost of them was over £200, wasn't it, Nick, getting them cleaned? Yeah, eye-watering, absolutely eye-watering. <laughs> Anyway, the manager rang to take payment as 
I cannot release them without taking payment first. She's known me for years. I'm in and out there every week. She knows the name of my dogs. I cannot release them because Nick was picking them up I until literally they've been paid. I literally gave her the phone so she could talk to you and I stepped back. No, but I'm not the one in the wrong here. No, 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 but I knew there would be an explosion. Because all I said to her was, "You could, I can hardly hear you. you can, you're never going to hear the card number with four dogs barking. I can't hold a phone and four leads. Give me a minute while I put them in the house and I will call you back. And she wouldn't release the rugs and Nick left and I didn't have my rugs. No. It was a very dark day. It was a dark day. It was. But don't you think that's unreasonable? Give me two minutes, put my dogs in the house, give the rugs to Nick and I'll call you right back. There must have been some sort of miscommunication. She must have not no, been No, there wasn't. She said something. that's because com- I rang head office. They said it's company policy. Unless something's been paid for, you can't take your dry cleaning. Even though I was going to ring her back in two minutes once I didn't have four dogs barking and yeah, pulling yeah. on my hands. Yeah, it was a very dark day. But this this is what annoys me about this country, is the service industry and shops, oh, poor us, poor us, poor the NHS. It's a two-way street. If you want your customers to be loyal... It's a two-way street. I think as well. Don't that's... treat me like a criminal no. when I've had my stuff cleaned there for years and years and years and years and years. And I think that's that's meant to be, isn't it? One of the things about living rurally is you get to know your but local even shops. in Primrose Hill, they knew me. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I mean. But when you, you, you when you're in a community like like with a deli, you know, you can pop in the deli, and you know, I can pick something up for you and you know Liz will pay when she's next in or you know oh I forgot yeah but my that's purse. because the deli owner is very lovely and very handsome oh it's very handsome comes from London very handsome. and he's not work shy and it's its own business but this woman is obviously working for a huge chain and it's the huge chain's fault really because she knows me and she knew she could yeah. hear the dogs barking. I said, you're never going to hear the card number. Let me put them in the house and I'll ring you back. But you'd already gone and I didn't get my rugs. No. You can read this week's diary in full on Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Shall we go back in time? Shall we go da-da-da? Now, you interviewed the lovely Tracy M, didn't you, who's donating a piece of art to this auction for Jenny? Yeah. So, you tell us about that. Well, I interviewed her in 2013. I went into her beautiful studio in Spitalfields, and it's just, she's just got all these little quiet men working for her who just sort of walk around and turn up. What do they do? I don't know. Well, there's a lot of work in being an art. You're not just sitting there painting, it has to be framed and curated and. Um, she said to me actually and it's sort of poignant now because obviously she's since been diagnosed with cancer and, and hopefully she's she's she's, do, she's in remission she's doing really well but then in 2013 she said oh, it's all organised what happens when I die because you have to think about what happens yeah. to your estate posthumously if you're an artist like Tracy Emmett yeah, it's yeah. all organised you know forever the one thing about someone like me you haven't got that level of pressure if it just goes to the charity shop what they don't reject. Burn it more <laughs> what like. What they don't reject of it. <laughs> a mountain of next furniture and next clothes. I love next. Leave next alone. It will be. It will be the next interiors, the next wardrobe from 
probably 2001 <laughs> and a bunch of tarot decks. That'll be me. That's it. But her studio was amazing. And there were sort of works in progress. It's amazing going to an artist studio and you see works in progress. It's a sculpture of her beloved cat, Docket. And he was asleep in the shape of a comma. And I think that's how I first got to know Tracy is because I'm mad about cats and she's mad mm -hmm. about cats. And I was writing a book in 2006 for a charity called Celia Hammond Animal Trust, which is where I got most of my cats, run by Celia Hammond, um, who used to be a famous model who hung out with the Beatles, was on cover of Vogue. And so I contacted Tracy and she just biked to my house two original drawings. That says a lot to about raise someone, money, doesn't it? To, to and just I went respond. to Christie's on Bond Street and they auctioned them for a few thousand pounds so she got all that money. That's but I remember one of my boyfriends said, oh, you should have just kept them and he auctioned them after you died. Oh, for God's sake. What, what are men like? Horrible. Horrible. horrible aren't they horrible dirty hairy beasts yeah. all hands there are some that aren't horrible but nice. we just we don't have them paul mccartney paul mccarthy <laughs> anyway so that's how i got to know tracy she sent me drawings to um auction in aid of celia hammond Yeah, she said, look, I planned my death. What happens afterwards? As an artist, you have to. Otherwise, what would happen? It would just be a mess. One thing about an artist, it doesn't matter how much your work sells for in your life. It's going to sell for 10 times more than that after you're dead. And that's what you have to protect. does matter. It affects your, it affects your, your quality of life. The size of the house you have, it matters a lot. But I think we got to some, some, some really quite deep topics and she sort of understood me in a way, and I'd love to sort of hang out with her more, really, because I'd really, really found a sort of fellow spirit in Tracy. Well, she's very like you, isn't she? She's very career-driven. She's very dedicated to her art. She's she's very disciplined. So she was she was. Do you very remember, she married me. a stone. I'm going to marry a stone because it's just better than marrying a man you know you can rely on it she actually married so, a sorry, stone sorry what do you mean she married she married she had a ceremony I thought you meant like a rolling stone no a bit of rock that you might trip over to be fair that's probably like a lot of marriages anyway <laughs> well yours would be anyway and so Tracy said to me she she could un she understood me as well she said you know that thing I said earlier about I get sick of my own name so she does get sick of Tracy M in and tra billboards and the museums. I'm and get sick of it. I'd love it. She said, you, Liz, you have to get over that one too. And it's true. I hate seeing stuff about myself. I won't read pieces that I put. I make you do it and tweet it and everything yeah, because yeah. I, I've had enough of myself, really. I'm sick of myself. <laughs> and I... Never think it's going to be good enough, and I think the headline's going to be wrong, and the picture's going to be. Don't send me that pic. You sent me a picture the oh, other day. God, for, God help me! Yeah. But why did you do that? Well, there was a reason. There was a re. Oh no, I copied you in when I was sending it to the picture desk at the mail. So you were just copied in. So that you but I can never it. unsee that. But the thing is, is if I send a picture and then you don't like it and you do see it, then I'm going to get like beheaded. So it's better. I'm not sure, is it? Is it better to send it so you can see it and then I get shouted at because you've seen it or beheaded because you 
was published and you didn't like it, what's my best bet? You shout at me a lot, Nick, actually. No, no, but I'm just trying to work out in this scenario what my best bet is. I only shout when I get frustrated and people don't do what I ask after 60 times of asking. But she doesn't hold a grudge. No, but it's true, though. So we talked about that, being sick of your own self, really, because you're just, you know, like Tracy, she's like a brand. Yeah. And very often she probably doesn't want to be Tracy. I mean, she just wants to be a normal person going to the shop. Well, I think there's different people, isn't there? Are you an artist or a writer because you absolutely love what you do and you're really passionate about it? Or is there a part of you that is doing it because you want to be famous and you want to be you know, sort of looked up to in, in your field. There's there's two different types of people, isn't there? Yeah. Anyway, we then talked about being single, not having a man. And we look at a photo of her, of Tracy, in a cable car in Barcelona in 2001. I like this photo because it was su- such a fantastic experience, she said. There I was on my own in Barcelona in a cable car going to have tea at the Miro Museum, and it was really lovely. If I want to go somewhere... I'll go whether I'm with someone or not, but obviously I'd like to go with someone who'd appreciate the same things as me. So this is about being single and going on holiday, and you've got the means to go on holiday, but you don't have a partner. She said, recently I was supposed to go to Uruguay to see the waterfalls. I'd booked my flight and hotel, but I had no one to go with, and at the last minute I decided not to go because these waterfalls are the most amazing waterfalls in the world, and ideally I should see them with someone. One reviewer of her work noted that, post the menopause, Tracy has ceased the man bashing that seeped into much of her work. You see, we are alike. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't want to wage war on 50% of the world that happens to be men, just because I haven't got one, she says. I want to enjoy all the brilliant things that I've got. I didn't go to the waterfalls on my own and feel sorry for myself. I made a choice and I went horse riding instead. But you see, I... I do know what she means. And I was at this lovely retreat, wasn't I, in, in, in the summer that was beautiful on the bend of the river. And I just thought, wouldn't it be nice just to say to someone, oh, God, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, absolutely. But the reality is you go somewhere beautiful with a man and they don't appreciate it or they spoil it or they whine or they moan and you're at the airport and you're being caught and you can't find them and... You get to the beautiful hotel room and they put all the contents of their pocket on the side and then they moan about the cost of the coffee, even though you're paying for it. So having been on holiday with different men, I actually think it's better to go on your own. Or with friends. You go with friends and you have a lot. Well, even friends and... can be annoying because they want to do different things and they won't eat inside because of COVID. And Anyway, she says that some of her estate is going to charity the Blue Cross, and a children's library she set up in Uganda. There's one very poignant photo. She's talking to me because she's got a book out. There's a very poignant photo in her book. She's on the edge of the frame in her studio at Elephant Castle. She tells me that photo was taken when she was 26 and pregnant. She had an abortion at three and a half months. I could have had children as an artist, she said. It's not because I didn't meet anyone. If I wanted to have a baby, I could have. I didn't want to because the creative yearning of wanting to be an artist far overrode the physical feelings of wanting to be a mother. They were much stronger. Being an artist, being a writer, really sucks it out of you. 
the mother, who's the CEO, CEO of a company or whatever, can't wait to get home to see her children. The mother who's in the studio all day painting will resent going home to see her children. That's quite a brave thing for her to say, isn't it? It's incredibly honest, isn't it? That she put work. And it's I think it's sort of true, really, that, you know, if Picasso was worried about getting to Sainsbury's and doing the Waitrose order online and getting home and vacuuming and making the dinner and putting the cardigan on the children, he wouldn't have produced his body of work, would he? The cardigan strikes back. No, no, I agree. And I think it's really brave to to say that because yeah. you're being honest with yourself, aren't you? Could I be a good mum because this is where my passion lies? Could I be a good mum because of that? I think that's I think that's really brave of her. I mean, she was fifty when this interview was, was taking place and we had a very, very frank discussion about ageing as well. And I say to her, maybe perhaps I shouldn't bring up the subject of ageing, Tracy, because your photos in the book prove she's got exactly the same face she had when she was five. But she says, with no hint of self-pity, for me, Liz, she said, it's all over. It's kind of good. There's no desperation at all. Men reach their peak when they're about 40, 45, and women just keep going. I made two seminal pieces of art. I made my tent and my bed. They're well-known and whatever. I wouldn't make that work now, would I? I've got a show in New York in May. And the work I've made for that is drawings of myself sitting in a chair. And they're not particularly flattering, but some of them really look like my body as it is now. So it's an understanding of what I am. That's where I am. I know I'm supposed to say ageing doesn't bother me, but suddenly you're like, yeah, I care about it. I'm getting old. I'm old. She's very frank about ageing and also about her brain. She says, hopefully the last bit of me to go will be my brain. For the future, drinking is a big question mark. She doesn't drink anymore now she's had cancer. It's not being holier than thou. It's that I know what I'd rather be doing when I'm 95, working. It would be stupid not to be able to do that because my brain has gone to mush. And her house in Spitalfields, oh my God, it's like early, early Georgian. It's just amazing. And she's got this little man who lives in the garden who looks after Dockett, but Dockett has sadly died. And after Dockett died, I emailed her and said how sorry I was, and she sent me pictures of two new kittens. Oh, bless. So she loves her two new kittens. Oh, bless. But she's such a lovely woman, Tracy. I was going to say, she comes across in this interview as a really genuine, nice person that's actually really sort of open and honest. But she just... So thoughtful and, you know, going back to Jenny's auction, please, please, please bid on these pictures. I Just one email, Tracy, can you do it? Mm. Yes. Yeah. That's the sort of person she is. She will do anything for anyone if she can. Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. So how are the letters this week? Letters, yes, everyone's really good. We had a staffy mummy Sophie... Who says, I love Nick's niggles. Can we have that every week? No. 
Liz got bored halfway through, didn't you? It really made me laugh because I think dog talk on Twitter is really cute. I've even been guilty of it myself. I think it's possum. <laughs> possum. Love you, ladies. We also have got a non. They wouldn't give their name because they say, Liz, Matt Hancock is tipped to win. Running away quickly. Get him out. Get him out. Get him out. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.